first scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 42. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples about what they're going to endure and what's going to happen as they go out into the world and spread the good news. I didn't really know what to title this, so I just titled it Instructions. Now, we, we left off last time we was here two weeks ago. We left off at uh, verse 23, so I'm going to start at verse 24. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above the Lord, his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Belzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what you hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill thy soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, for you are more valuable than many sparrows. Whosoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I have come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and falleth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receives me. And he that receiveth me receives him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. The word of God for the children of God. And all of God's children said, Amen. Let's pray. Holy Father, we just pray that you speak to us right now through the power of your Holy Spirit. Let my words be your words, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. As we go through this, we see what Jesus is trying to point out to his disciples. That we're not greater than him, but we're, he's put us here as equal. And he's given us his Holy Spirit. And this is for a reason. To go out and to show this Jesus to the world. And it's very important that we get this right and we don't get confused. Because there's going to come times in your life that you're going to get discouraged. You're going to feel weak and down. You're going to feel like, why would anybody listen to you? And I'm just saying this from my own personal experience. Because sometimes we get broken. But see, God seems to use this brokenness for His glory. And see, when Jesus was on the earth preaching, he would go to these synagogues, he would go to the temple, and all the religious leaders would call him the devil. That's what that Belzebub means. And Jesus said if they called him that, 
They're going to call us that too. Because we don't go along with their religious teachings. We're teaching the truth of God's Word. Of love. That whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so Jesus was telling His disciples, be prepared. You're not going to be received by everybody. In fact, some are going to, they're going to try to kill you. In fact, all of you are probably going to die for a testimony of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was telling His disciples this. And it still goes today for all of His disciples today. You're not going to be received by everybody. Because see, so many people have been turned off by those ones that called Jesus the devil. The Pharisees, the religious ones. And so when you go out, and I'm, I'm experiencing this in my own life, when you go out and try to show the love of God, and you even mention Jesus, people get offended. Because then all of a sudden, they, they, they re, equate re, Jesus with religion. But it's not religion. Jesus has come to set the captives free. He's come to give us a hope and a future, a life, a freedom, not bondage. He's come to set every one of us free, whosoever. And so he's telling his disciples, guys, it's going to be tough. Don't think this is some easy journey that you're going to get on. And see, a lot of people, and a lot of, there's some preachers teach that, and I've heard it. These grab it, name it, and claim it preachers. And you get on there and you listen to them and all they're talking about is money. And it makes me sick to my stomach and I'm sure it makes God sick to his stomach too. Because the kingdom of God is not riches, gold and diamonds. The kingdom of God is peace, love, joy and the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not meat and drink. It's not what goes in you to defile you. It's joy, love and peace in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. That's what we strive to put, put people to. This peace that surpasses all understanding, no matter what hell you're going through in your life, you can grab a hold of Jesus Christ and know that He's walking with you. He's carrying you through these difficult storms when you feel like you're all alone. He's there. And He's letting His disciples know this is not an easy journey, guys. It's tough. But he that endures till the end shall be saved. Sometimes you feel like throwing in the towel, giving up. And, you know, I'm talking to myself. But I know I can't do that. I can't quit. I know because if I quit, that would make the enemy so happy. Got one, rid of one more loud-mouthed disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's how people look at us. When you try to reach out and bring them life and hope and peace, that's what it's all about. Not pointing people's faults and saying, well, if you do, don't do this or if you live this way, no. Show them Jesus. The love. Come as you are, like Jesus would. Have that compassion. And that's what it's all about. This was prophesied 700 years before Jesus was even born in the book of Isaiah. And Jesus was trying to get his disciples to see this. And they all eventually got it. They did, but they had to have the Pentecost. The Holy Spirit fall out on them, fill them, and open their eyes of understanding and give them a knowledge and a revelation of the Scriptures. And that's what Jesus did. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit did. And Jesus is telling His disciples, whoever receives you, receives me. And whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me, which is God, the Father. So, if you break that down, you look at it. When you receive Jesus, He's God. 
you're receiving God. Now, I had, I had a, a conversation last week with this guy that doesn't believe Jesus is God. And he believes Jesus is a good man and that he was a prophet, but he's not God. And so, and, and it gets frustrating when you deal with people like this because they're so content on their right and you're wrong. But they don't know the scriptures. They, see, a lot of people are that way. They don't realize who Jesus really is. Jesus said, whoever receives me, receives the one who sent me. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is one God. One God. And three. God can do anything He wants. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 45. And I know I've went over this with you guys before, but we're going to go over it again. Isaiah chapter 5. Now this is 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And I was going to start at uh, verse 21. But I'm going to go up to 19. Actually, I'm going to start at verse 18. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, Seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come, draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nations, that have no knowledge, that set up the wood of their graven images, and pray unto a God that cannot save. Tell ye, and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I, the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return. That unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. Even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and show glory. There it is, God talking right there. Look unto me and be saved. Now, I know we went over this before, that I believe this is Jesus. And it is, because Jesus is the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now, you look in Philippians. And I've had a lot of people arguing with me over this, and it's like... There's nothing to argue about because I didn't make this up, guys. This is in the Word of God. And how do you deal with people that call you a liar when you're reading the Scripture straight out of the Bible to them? They're not receiving you. They're not rejecting you. Like Jesus said, if they receive you, they receive me. If they reject you, they're rejecting me. That's what they're doing. They're rejecting God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 6. Verse 5. Let's go to 5. <laughs> Let this mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. 
And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in the heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Right there it is. It's the exact same words. It was in Isaiah 45, but what did God say in Isaiah 45? I am the Lord. There is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. And there is none beside me. So God just don't give His authority to someone else. He don't. He gave it to Himself when He became flesh in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the temple of God. And that's what made everybody so mad back in those days. Who is this young guy coming here saying he's God? And they killed him for it. And there, there it is right there. They killed him for it. But this was all written. It had to be done this way for God to come and pay for the sins of every one of us. Because we all fall short of the glory of God. Now this is kind of like a history lesson, but this is truth. You've got to go back to the Old Testament to get understanding in the New Testament because they combine together. God became man to save man. That's how much God loves us. Because in the garden, when Adam and Eve fell, it broke God's heart. Because He said, you can have everything. Everything. But this one tree, you know, we've been over it a thousand times. One tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we know what happened. And that's why our world is in the shape that it's in today. And you know, and to us, a thousand years is a long, 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 long time. Because our lifespans are 80 to 120 tops. I don't know anybody that's lived 120, but they say there have been. But there's people 100. But still, that's, that's a maximum length of human life on this earth. Because what God say, you will surely die. But that broke God's heart. And so God had a plan. He would become man. He would step into His creation and take back what the enemy stole and start over. But it had to be this way. And so when you, when you start saying that Jesus was just a man and He became God, that's what this guy was trying to tell me. No. Flesh don't become God. God became flesh. And we got to get that right. God became flesh. Not that Jesus achieved Godness. Because He was God from the beginning. And He became flesh. This is, the, this is the, the good news. This is the gospel, the good news. And He did it out of love. It broke God's heart in the garden to be separated from Adam and Eve. It broke His heart. So He had a plan, and the plan was for Him to pay for the price for us to be reconciled to God. And that's what Jesus is trying to get His disciples to understand and go out into the world and show this world, this broken world, this world that has no hope, that there is hope. That there is love and life in Jesus Christ. 
that God does care about you and what you're going through. And that's why He gives us these promises. I will carry you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Sake you. But just believe and trust. I heard this one preacher the other day talking about what's it mean to believe in Jesus? And then he started laying out all these rules that you've got to do to prove that you believe in Jesus. And I'm thinking, this is going to turn people away from the living God. And it does. People are like, well, I can't live up to that. Well, you've got to do this, and you've got to go here, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and then you'll know that you are saved. No, the Scripture says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's plain and simple. It didn't say, whoever did all these works and didn't do this and didn't do that, then you're saved. No. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. We went through it two weeks ago. That's, that's what it is. That's it. So don't get brought down by these religious people that want to put you in bondage and under their thumb. And it's everywhere, guys. The churches are loaded with it. And it makes me sick. It makes me want to turn away from the church. Really. It makes me want to go out into the world and start preaching God's word to the people out there that need it instead of being in a building somewhere where everybody gets preached to every week and then they go home and they don't even, don't even love their neighbor. I'm not talking about you guys, but I'm just talking about most people come to church. It's a ritual thing. They do. They go to church, then they go to lunch, and then they go back in the world and live their lives and screw everybody else. I don't care about your problems. Get a job. Get a life. And that's how we treat people. That's not how Jesus wants us to be. He said, you'll know you're my disciples by your love and compassion for the hurt and for the broken, for the down and out for the ones who've been stomped down by the world. When you reach out to those people, and when you show them the love, you are showing them Jesus Christ. And I get uptight about this, I really do. Because I am so sick of religious people. I am sick of them. And God is too. They're lukewarm. You're neither hot nor cold. So what's Jesus said He's going to do? He's going to spew them out of His mouth. Now, you believe in Jesus Christ? Love people. Love God, love people. You fulfill it all. And that's what Jesus telling His disciples. You're not going to be liked. Because you're, you're taking the, the, the right path. The simple path. The straight and narrow path. Jesus Christ is that straight and narrow path. You can do all these good works and, and, do, and think you're earning your way, but that's not how it works. Let's see what Jesus said here. He says, I did not come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. And when people hear that, they're like, what is that all about? Well, look, when Jesus came to this world and revealed, revealed God to the world and said, I'm the only way to God. I'm the only way. You've got to believe in me. Jesus Christ is what he's saying. If you believe in God, believe also in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. There's that sword. Because you look at all these other religions, you've got to work. And so, look at our world now. This is what all these wars are over. We've got the Muslims fighting the Christians, and with the Christians trying to fight all these different religions. We've got all these different false religions, and this brought a sword. 
We, and, and these Muslim, these Muslim families, if you turn to Jesus Christ and you're part of the family, you know, you're, you got a death sentence. Kill you. I mean, your own parents. This is the way it is. They'll kill you. Kick you out of the house. A daughter against the mother because they turn to Jesus. They run them out. That's what the Christian persecution is about around the world right now because that's that sword Jesus was talking about. That division. That when you give your heart and life to Jesus, you become a Christian. And see, the, the organized church has given Christian a bad name. I'm just telling you. I see it. And that's why when I talk to people that are outside the church and they hear Christian, it makes them want to puke. Because, and I see what they're, where they're coming from. We've got to get on that side. Because only Christians they've ever met was condemning the Christians they've ever met was uh, ever met was pointing their finger in their face and telling them you're going to hell because you didn't do this, you didn't do that, you didn't do this. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, love them. How are you going to win them to the kingdom? Like Jesus won us to the kingdom. His love. Kick all the laws and the rules to the side. Get Jesus in your heart. And then walk in the power of His Holy Spirit. God made it simple for simple people. And that's what church is all about. Church is not about four walls. Church is about a people. The church of Jesus Christ is about a people who love God and they love their brothers and sisters that are hurting and being beat down by the so-called church. And I see it everywhere. We got this better, I'm better than you attitude. And it's that lukewarm spirit that Jesus is, it makes him sick. And it makes me sick. So as we go out into our world this, this month, in this holiday season, and, and we're celebrating our freedom, let's bring freedom to the people who are bound and captive in their own lives that live in America. People that think that God hates them, and that God's mad at them, and God's reaching out to them saying, I love you, my child, let me help you. Let me fill you with my spirit and give you a future with hope. That's what it's all about. That's the instructions of the Lord. To step out into God. Step out in faith. Step out in love and compassion and mercy. Because without that, there's nobody going to come to God. And so we need to be the light that lights the way for people living in darkness. And not think too highly of ourselves. Thinking that since God, we've been blessed so God, we believed in God all these years and we've been blessed. But these people, they ain't. Because they've been beat down by the devil and by religion. And they won't come to God because religion stands in the way and say, no, you don't qualify. You're not good enough. It's pathetic. So I, my plea to each one of you today is to love the broken. To reach out to the ones that no one wants. To bend down and pick them up out of that muddy, miry pit that they've fallen into and let them know that Jesus loves them just the way they are. He loves them so much He's going to do a work in their life. Let's pray. Holy Father, thank You for Your faithfulness to each one of us, Lord. Thank you for your love that you poured out to all of us, Lord, 2,000 years ago when you came to this earth and went to the cross. Thank you, Jesus. 
Lord, fill us with your love that we know how to love each other how you loved us. And fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we can see the hurting and not walk by them. In Jesus' holy name, amen.